podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to the Two-Footed Podcast. Today is March 24th. It is a Wednesday, and we are brought to you by EPLindex.com in association with our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider that's a virtual privacy network, allows you to go online, change your location, access things like American Netflix, use your Now TV outside the UK. It'll also keep your data safe online, which is obviously very important in this day and age. Check out libertyshield.com and use the code EPLVPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft. It's a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. Right, folks, uh, again, no games. Now, there are games tonight. There are international games, World Cup qualifiers and such. So we'll get to a couple of those later on. But just to wrap through the news very quickly... Um, Frank De Boer, Netherlands coach, said he is not counting on Virgil van Dijk to be fit for Euro 2020. He says that he is on the right track in his recovery from an anterior cruciate ligament injury, but he's not counting on him being fit. Van Dijk has been injured obviously since October when Jordan Pickford uh, did what he did with his tiny arms and dangerous legs. He's missed 34 games in all competitions for Liverpool. Three for the Netherlands. The Liverpool medical staff seem to be of the opinion that Van Dijk will not be fit for the Euros. The Dutch medical staff believe that he will. Van Dijk seems to be leaning towards taking the advice of the Dutch medical staff, which you can understand. He's 29. He's the captain of the country. It's going to be one of his last international tournaments. He'll have this one the next World Cup, maybe the next Euros. I don't know if he'll be around to play in the 2026 World Cup. I don't know if he'll still be involved in the national team. He will only be 34, so it is possible. He could be 35. He'll be 35 at that point, but still, he could play in that one. But either way, Van Dijk was late onto the international scene. He probably wants to get all the experiences that he can. It is understandable. However, if there's any risk at all that he's not going to be ready, Liverpool may have to put their foot down. And that could cause complications with Van Dijk, who they're trying to uh, agree a new contract with. Van Dijk may well hold off on that until after he sees how Liverpool react to his decision on the Euros. Look, international football is slower than Premier League football. It's an easier game. So there is a chance that him going to the Euros could act as, you know, shaking the rust off part of his pre-season. But Liverpool can't afford to take any real risks with him. He is the best player they have, the most important player. He is the leader of that team. May not have the armband, but he is the leader of that team. And everybody's seen what happened without him this season. So it's a big decision coming up, and it 
it could get messy if if there's a, a falling out. Uh, Mason Greenwood has pulled out of the England under-21 squad due to injury. Todd Cantwell of Norwich has been called up to replace him. Greenwood's had some injury issues of late, so this is obviously a carryover from that. It's a shame uh, for him and for the 21 squad because obviously when you have one of your best players pull out of the squad, it is going to affect you. He is a brilliant talent, though, and no risk should be taken uh, with with him regarding injuries. Uh, Xabi Alonso is in talks with Borussia Mönchengladbach to become the head coach, but no deal is anywhere close to being agreed. Uh, the spoofer with the catchphrase and his German colleague had come out and said it was done, it was all agreed, everything was in place. Uh, but Kicker have put that in the bin and the Athletic have backed that up. Uh, he is one of a number of targets that Gladbach are looking at. It would be an interesting step for Alonso. He's obviously been in charge of Real Sociedad B. Uh, they topped their group in, I think it's the third division in Spain. It could be the fourth division. I'm not ent- entirely sure how it works. But by all accounts, he's impressed in that role so far. This would be a huge step up, obviously, taking over one of the six biggest clubs, one of the five biggest clubs in, in the Bundesliga. So it would be a massive step up for him, but could be a huge opportunity. Uh, Gareth Bale has said he plans on returning to Real Madrid once his spell in North London ends this summer. So Tottenham allegedly have an option to extend that loan for a second year. Bale has a year left on his contract at Real after this season. Now, he seems adamant that he's going back. Uh, Perhaps, you know, he's played too much football this year and not had enough time to focus in on his golf. But it could also be the fact that he doesn't want to stick around and play for Mourinho. It may well be that if a different manager was to go in there, a a Brendan Rodgers or a, a, a Nagelsmann, they're the two names that have been floated if if Mourinho was to leave. It may well be that Bale would decide to stay. But for now he says he, he plans to go back to uh plans to go back to Madrid. And that's that's surprising because they don't want him. They they want no part of Garrett Bale. They're done with being in the Garrett Bale business. And um it, it doesn't really look all that well for him, if we're being honest. Uh, one bit I missed yesterday, Frank Worthington, uh, former England forward, he passed away at the age of 72. I think it was on Sunday. Uh, super talented player, described as one of the great Mavericks, died peacefully after a long illness. So, you know, thoughts with his family. Uh, scorer of one of the all-time great goals. If you haven't seen it, just type Frank Worthington goal into YouTube and you will get it. It is an absolute cracker of a goal. Uh, some news from overseas, uh, Bayer Leverkusen and Fiorentina have both parted ways with their coaches. Peter Bose was in charge of the Bundesliga club for two years. Um, they were doing really well at the start of this season. And they look like a really good bet for Champions League. They have fallen asunder since the turn of the year. And they're now seven points outside of the top four uh, places. Hannes Wolf has taken over until the end of the season. Former Stuttgart and Hamburg manager. Got Stuttgart promoted once, got sacked shortly into the next season. Um, One season at Hamburg, couldn't get them promoted, got sacked. 
last in charge of Genk in um, in Belgium, but didn't didn't last all that long there. It didn't go well. So he is the new interim manager of Bayer Leverkusen. And I assume if he does well, he'll have an opportunity to take that job permanently. He was once seen as one of the next big German coaches. Um, worked at Borussia Dortmund for a number of years as the second team manager. And um, by all accounts, very, very intelligent, very tactically switched on, more defensive mind than some of the other German coaches. So be interesting to see how he does there. There's a lot of attacking talent there. If he can figure out the defense, that might actually might actually be key for Leverkusen. Uh, Cesare Prandelli uh, resigned as manager of Fiorentina. He released uh, an open letter to the fans, which was tough reading. Um, it, it, it appears that he is suffering some, from some mental health issues and, and just not in a good space at the moment uh, to be in management. So he has passed on the reins at Fiorentina, former national team manager, obviously, had been at Fiorentina before and done very well. It was the, the work he did at Fiorentina that got him the Italian job. Um, Fiorentina are a bit of a mess, and if you if you look at their squad, it, it's a it's a messy, messy squad. There's not a whole bunch of talent there. There's some really good players, really good younger players. Nikola Milinkovic is very, very talented. Uh, Drakowski, the goalkeeper, very talented, but outside of Vlahovic, you, you kind of start to struggle then after that. Vlahovic, the strikers, is really good, but like Frank Ribery is probably one of their three best players. And as much as I love Frank Ribery, he's 37 and way past his best. He has flashes in games where he looks like the old Ribery, but beyond that, he tends to float quite a bit. Um, so a big decision coming up for Fiorentina as to who they move on to. And they've always been a bit of a messy club. I think they've had 70 managers in like 90 years of existence. So managers don't stay long there. I think four years is the longest anyone's managed them. I think that was Ranieri in the 90s. Um, so it is just one of those jobs. It's a bit of a revolving door. Italian football does tend to be like that in fairness. So, Look, they'll have to make a decision soon. Um, there's always Italian managers on that conveyor belt that just go round and round, do a job, get sacked, get another job, get sacked, get another job. They'll pick one of them and, the, and they'll move forward. Uh, Manchester City are to install 5,620 rail seats this summer to enhance supporter safety. Uh, the seats, which can be folded away to create a safe standing area with barriers, will be installed in the lower tier of the South Stand. Standing at grounds in the top two tiers of English football is banned, but City say this work means they should be ready should the rules change. There have has been quite a lot of talk of bringing in safe standing. It, there's quite a lot of momentum behind that movement. Wolves have installed some at Molyneux, uh, Tottenham's new stadium is set up that it can be easily installed. Celtic, I think, are the the club who've most famously done it in Britain, and it it is fantastic. It really is. It's what they have in in Germany. You you look at, at 
the yellow wall at Dortmund when they're playing league matches and look at how incredible it is. That is what safe standing can do. Um, Borussia Mönchengladbach have a big area for it as well. and It is something that's working in other countries. Obviously, standing at football matches was banned post-Hillsborough, but there has been big campaigns behind this. I would support it. I think it's a great idea. I think people would enjoy the game more if they could go and stand. And if they can do it in a safe way, then I don't see the downside in it. I really don't. I don't know that Liverpool will do it. They'll certainly, if they were to do it, they'd have to go to, you know, the families of the of the '96 and the justice campaign, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So Liverpool might be behind the eight ball in that one, but I do think we're going to see more and more clubs start to push to introduce the safe standing option. Um, and, and with the the option, you still have the seats. So for Champions League games where standing is not an option, people can still sit down. I, I don't see a downside to it. I really don't. Uh, Kieran Gibbs has agreed a contract to join Inter Miami in the summer. His contract with West Brom will expire in June, and he will head off to America, joining Ryan Shawcross as Beckham's team looked to put together a defense of people who were good seven years ago. Um, Jesse Lingard says he was influenced by career advice that he got from Garrett Southgate uh, regarding his loan move. He was basically told, if you go and play play well, you'll get a call-up, which doesn't really speak all that well of Mr. Southgate and his approach to things. It's very clear he has his favourites. Lingard was obviously a part of the England setup and the England team that played at the 2018 World Cup. Jesse Lingard's not one of the 22 or 23 best English players. He just isn't. He's a solid player. He's a good player. He's got talent. But as an attacking midfielder, there's a multitude of better options. Now, I understand that at the moment, Harvey Barnes is injured, James Madison is injured, and Jack Grealish is injured. But still, there are better options. You would gain more from putting Emile Smith-Rowe into the squad someone that's actually going to be part of the setup for the long term. You would gain more from putting Curtis Jones into the squad, someone that could be part of the setup for the long term. You would be better off picking from the other 21s, bringing somebody up from there, rather than bringing in a player who, if everybody's fit, as a 10 or an, like an attacking midfield player, Madison, Grealish, Barnes, Mount... They're all better players than him. I think Smith Rowe's a better player than them already. Um, he's had a good run with West Ham. He really has. But it's a handful of games against season long drop last season and having barely played for United this season. He's played seven games in the Premier League for West Ham. He has scored five goals, credit to him. Um, but, you know, he, he didn't kick a ball in the Premier League for United in the first half of this season, played three cup games, was poor all of last season, wasn't particularly good the season before. He had that really good run in 17-18 that kind of catapulted him into the England squad, scored 13 and 48 across all competitions. But he's never come anywhere close to replicating that form. And it's 
baffling to me that you can have a good two months and it's not even two months. It's a good six weeks and the previous two and a half years is forgotten. Whereas Trent Alexander-Arnold was playing well over a longer time period of late but was dropped because he had a bad four months after two years of being one of the best right-backs in the world. Uh, Southgate plays favourite too much and that to me is not the sign of a good international manager. Um, nothing against Lingard. You know, I'm glad to see him back playing and, and doing well, but he, he shouldn't be in the England squad. He, he just should not be in the England squad. How are you going to put him in the England squad and not put Patrick Bamford in the England squad, who's been exceptional all season? It's a bizarre decision. Jack Harrison will be more deserving. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go through, because we're at the three-quarter point of the season now, we're going to go through the 20 teams, pick best player, most disappointing player, most improved player, all 20 teams. Back in a few. Right, welcome back. We're going to play best player, most disappointing, most improved for all 20 teams at the three-quarter way point of the season. Now, again, this is my best player, most improved, most disappointing. You will have different ideas. Others will have other ideas. That's fine. This is just how I'm viewing it right now at the three-quarter point of the season. Um, some of them will double up. So some of them will be most improved and best. And we start with Manchester City, top of the league. Ilke Gundogan, most improved and best player. For me, the footballer of the year so far. Absolutely sensational form for City. Scoring goals for fun, but not just that. His creativity is off the scale. He is playing at a level that very few midfielders in the history of the Premier League have reached. He has been sensational this year. 12 goals in 23 Premier League matches. 16 across all competitions. I think he's the footballer of the year. I think he's been massively improved from where he was last year. Over, his overall game is just sensational. And it's the inventiveness. It's the movement. His intelligence is just second to none. He's a super intelligent player. Um, so he gets both from me. For City's most disappointing player, I'm going to go Americ Laporte. Now, that's not to say he hasn't had a decent season, but I thought when they signed Diaz, I thought Diaz and Laporte, that to me was going to be one of the best partnerships in the league. Now, Laporte, before this season, without question, a top top three centre-back in the Premier League. Van Dijk, then him and Sionchu as second and third, whichever way you wanted to put it. He hasn't been anywhere close to that level this season, and he's lost his place largely to John Stones. John Stones is not a patch in America Laporte as a centre-back. He might be a better passer of the ball, but as a defender, he's not a patch. But Laporte has given him that opportunity because his own form has not been where it should be. He's still been decent. He just hasn't reached the level I expect of him. So America Laporte, for me, is Manchester City's most disappointing player this season. Manchester United, without question, the best player they have Bruno Fernandes. Not even close. He has been world-class since the day they signed him. He is an absolute output machine. Goals and assists by the bucket load. 
the best goal-scoring midfielder the Premier League has seen since Lampard. He's got 16 goals in the Premier League already in 28 games. He gets assists. He takes great set pieces. He has carried that team endlessly this season. Most improved, Luke Shaw. I think this season, he has been the best left back in the league. Andy Robertson was the best left back in the league up until about Christmas time. And then I think fatigue set in and Robertson hasn't been quite as good since. Shaw hasn't reached the level Robertson did pre-Christmas, but was slightly below that, but has maintained that standard the whole way through the season. I think it's a big step up for Shaw. I think he's looking like the player United thought they were buying when they signed him back in 2014. He has been at Manchester United almost seven years. He's only played 121 league games in that time. In, se- in almost seven seasons. He's never played more than 30 league games. 29 is his max. This season, he's on 25 already. That's his second highest. We still have, they still have nine games to go. So he's going to pass that. He's played 36 in all competitions. His previous career high was 40. He's going to pass that. He's been excellent defensively. He's become a really, really good outlet going forward. When he was young, he was really good going forward and questionable defensively. Then he clearly worked a lot on the defensive side of his game. Maybe the bullying from Mourinho had that effect. And he became a really solid defender who wasn't good going forward. Hence, they went and they bought Alex Tellez in the summer. But he has now found the perfect balance between being a really good defender and being very good going forward. So Luke Shaw, for me, Manchester United's most improved player. The most disappointing player, I think, has to be David De Gea. Now, he had obviously fallen off from the level he was at a few years ago. When you consider 14, 15, 15, 16, 16, 17, and 17, 18, Premier League team of the season. And it wasn't even open for debate that he was the best goalkeeper in the league for those years. He was utterly sensational. He was Superman. For those four years, he kept a very, very average team in and around the top four mix. A very average team. And he was Superman and and raised the level. Since then, he has fallen off. And he's fallen off substantially, but There was enough signs last season, I felt, that he was getting back to something resembling his best. There was just these flashes he'd go through two and three game runs where he'd just be sensational. And I thought, this season we're going to see more of De Gea, the real De Gea. Because it's not like he can be passed as best. He's only 30. He needs to turn 30 in November. This is not an old goalkeeper. He does have a lot of miles on him. He made his Atletico Madrid debut in 2009, so we're 12 years into his career. He's got 434 games under his belt for United. But I really did think we were going to see a a, a more similar De Gea to what we were used to a few years back. And we haven't. He's been worse. 
Now, he hasn't been helped by the fact that he's got mediocre centre-backs playing in front of him. He's got no pace in front of him. And he's been asked to do things he's a little bit uncomfortable with. But Dean Henderson is unquestionably United's best option in goal right now. And that speaks to the level that David De Gea has fallen to. Because 80% of the old De Gea would be comfortably the best goalkeeper they have. Now Henderson is comfortably the best goalkeeper they have. Um, Leicester City. Best player... I would say Yuri Thielemans. I think across the season, he has been their best player. He's been one of the few who's managed to stay fit pretty much all season. He's played 39 games in all competitions, 27 starts and a sub-appearance in the league. He's got six goals. So he's up that side of his game. Getting back to more what we saw when he was a younger player at Anderlecht. I think his ability to control games has improved hugely. A lot of credit for that goes to Brendan Rodgers. I think Tielemans has really stepped up this season and become a top, top player. The type of player we thought he was going to be when he was at Anderlecht and been tagged as the future of the Belgian national team. I think he's become that player. And that 40 million or 35 million or whatever it was that Leicester paid for him, is looking like good good business because I think if they turned around to sell him tomorrow, I think they'd probably get sixty million for him. I think he's that good, and I think he can play pretty much anywhere in your midfield. If you're playing a double pivot, he absolutely fits in that. If you want to play a midfield three, he can be the attacker, he can be the sitter, or he can be the shuttler. He's normally the shuttler one at Leicester, and Didi does the dog work. Madison is the ten. Tielemans fills in the gaps and does all the clever little things, similar to Ginny Wijnaldum, but with more attacking output. Um, he would very much be on the short list of players you would want to replace Ginny Wijnaldum at Liverpool. But I think I think Yuri Tielemans has been the best player at Leicester this season. For most improved, it has to be James Justin. Up to his injury, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better fullback in the league this summer, or this season, rather. He has been really, really good. Really, really good. Most disappointing, without question, Cheng is under. Just hasn't performed. Really hasn't performed this season. Um, there's a reason he's only started one Premier League game. I assume he's not performing on the training ground. But for Rodgers to bring him in, and he was Rodgers' choice, and then not use him is unusual because Rodgers would normally stick with his own choices regardless of how poor they play. And he'd try and big them up that way and, and, you know, give them praise in the media. It's kind of how he goes about things. But he has not given under a second look. Uh, So you would imagine that they will not be taking up their option to buy him this summer. Um, Worth mentioning a couple of others there. Wesley Fafana deserves credit for how well he's adapted to the Premier League. Um, And I think Harvey Barnes has been absolutely outstanding all season. But Thielemann's the best. James Justin, the most improved, and uh, Changa's under, the most disappointing. On to Chelsea. This is a more difficult one. Um, We'll start with most disappointing, and I think it has to be Kai Havertz. Now, it's not his fault. It is largely down to how poorly he was managed by Frank Lampard. Um, 
just not a good not a good manager. Simple as that. And Havertz was used poorly. They didn't really know what to do with him. So I think you have to really give him a little bit more. Not cre- credit is the a little bit of slack. You have to give him a bit of slack. But he has been disappointing considering what we expected when they signed him because he is a superstar talent. Um, for most improved, I would say Andreas Christensen. I think he has improved, and, and it's in-season improvement as well because he looked a little bit shaky. Well, he looked quite shaky under Lampard, but under Thomas Tuchel, he looks absolutely brilliant. He has been excellent since Tuchel took over. Largely playing in the central role in the uh, the back three. He has been a level above what Thiago Silva was was looking in that role. Ivan Christensen has been excellent. Um, he's always been a very, very talented centre-back. It's just been about finding the balance for him. Um, in terms of their best player this season, I'm not really sure. I mean... It's it's Mason Mount, isn't it? It is Mason Mount. He has been the one who's consistently played well all season, regardless of manager, system, shape. Didn't didn't matter to him. Mason Mount is is the best Chelsea player this season. And I don't really think it's all that close because I don't think a lot of their individuals have turned up this season. Some of them have obviously kicked on and done well since Tuchel took over. But in terms of being the best player all season long. I mean, Zuma had a spell where he was excellent, and then he kind of slipped and fell off. Werner, he's been he'd be more close to the disappointing category than anything. Tammy Abraham has been a disappointment this season. Oli Giroud's been good. Kovacic has been largely good all season. Um, but I think Mason Mount is is their best player this season. Uh, so Mount Christensen. And Havertz, the uh, the Chelsea trio, for for West Ham United, the best player is Thomas Suchek, and there's no real need to debate it. He just is their best player and has been absolutely fantastic this season. He's their top goal scorer. He's got nine goals in the Premier League for a defensive midfielder to have nine goals in the Premier League is is really really impressive. Um, now part of that is of course injuries to Antonio and whatever but Antonio is not a massive goal scorer anyway but he is their best player most improved I think you would have to go with Issa Diop now it's only a half, well he's only played 10 Premier League games but his form in the last few games, compared to last season, is just night and day. Absolute night and day. In his first season there, he was really good. And he is a really good centre-back. But he'd had such a massive drop. Basing it off what he was last season, I think Issa Diop is the most improved player there. Now, there's definitely arguments that Declan Rice has taken a massive jump this season as well. But I think Issa Diop has been their most improved player based on how he was last year to how he is now and how he's performed in his time in the starting team. 
starting 11. I think it's Issa Diop. Aaron Cresswell will be worth a mention. But I think Diop is the one. It could be, to be fair, Craig Dawson is hard to overlook because of how poor he'd been. Do you know what? We'll go Craig Dawson. He'd been dreadful for a couple of years and he's been really good since uh, since getting in the team at West Ham. It, the partnership with him and Diop has been really, really good. <laughs> really, really good. So I'll go Craig Dawson. Most disappointing. Mark Noble. Now, that's harsh because I didn't expect much from him. But any time he comes on the field, West Ham look a vastly inferior team to how they look when he's not there. He is actively making those around him worse this season. I think he's finished. I really do think he's finished. It's a shame he's had a good career. Um, he'll, you know, he'll go down as a West Ham legend and, and all that. But I think Mark Noble, it just it, he makes West Ham look worse just by being on the pitch, and um, that's not an ideal situation. Um, Tottenham best player Kane, marginally from Son. Goals and assists by the bucket, so, you know, you can't really argue. 27 goals in all competitions, 17 in the Premier League. It is Harry Kane. Um, most improved, I would say, Tanguy Endembele, based on what he was last year to what he is this year. I think it has to be him. Yeah, he's been much, much improved. Now, Mourinho has used him in different ways, but Mourinho seems to really really trust him now. So I would say Endembele uh, as most improved. Most disappointing, uh, pick your centre-back and name them, but I'm going to go with Eric Dyer. Now, I'm not a Dyer fan at all, but I just think he has been so poor this season. It's a guy with multiple multiple England caps. I mean, he must have 40 England caps at this point. Um, he's 27, so he's right in his prime. 45 England caps and playing like that on a weekly basis. Just really, really poor. Um, so Kane, Endembele and uh, Eric Dyer for, for Tottenham. For Liverpool, um, best is Mo Salah. It's, it's actually not close at all this season. Um, Salah has been sensational. 25 goals in all competitions, 17 in the Premier League. Also has four uh, assists in all competitions, three in the Premier League. He has been he has been great. He is the one consistent factor in that team this year. Uh, Fabinho would have been the player of the season for me, but the injuries cost him. I mean, what did he miss? Uh, he's played... 21 league games out of 29. So he's missed eight. That's, to me, just a little bit too much. Salah's only missed one. So I'll go Salah as the as the player of the year. Most disappointing. Um, do you know what? I'll go most improved first. 
And I think it's Diogo Jota. Because when Liverpool signed him, a lot of people thought they'd overpaid for him. I don't think anyone expected him to have the impact that he's had so far. But he's got 10 goals in 21 games, which is basically one and two. Consider he was about one in three at Wolves. I think he's been massively improved. It's slim pickings at Liverpool this year, let me say. Slim pickings. You could make an argument for Nat Phillips. To me, he just hasn't played enough. Um, and he hasn't he hasn't been nearly as good as people have tried to make him out to be. I'll go with Diogo Jota. Uh, for most disappointing, there's a laundry list of them. Uh, Bobby Firmino has been really disappointing this season. But again, he was really disappointing last season as well. Sadio Mane has been largely disappointing. Um, Jordan Henderson's been really poor this season. Um, you know, having been given an undeserved player of the year last season, you would have thought that would have inspired him to take on a level. And when Van Dijk and others went down, you would have thought as this great leader, he would step up, but instead he shrank. And uh, poor in midfield, awful at centre-back. Really, really disappointing season. I would say overall, though, because you don't expect, I don't expect much from him because I, I've I've watched his career. I know the player he is. Most disappointing, Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane is and has been compared to Mo Salah. You know, it, who's better, Salah or Mane? Uh, the answer is Salah. And the truth is, it's not close. It's never really been close either. When you look at all that Salah does, he's always been the better of the two. More goals, more create, uh, more creativity, Offers more to the team. Mane's a great player, don't get me wrong, but Salah's on a different level. Mane has been poor largely since October. He's the most disappointing player at Liverpool this season. On to Everton. Um, best player, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And most improved player, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, he's been the one consistent factor for them this season. Admittedly, he did have a drop-off in goals when all of his service got taken away. But I still think he's been their best player and their... Most improved player, obviously, because, well, I mean, he's got 19 goals this season, 14 in the Premier League. Uh, that wasn't the player he was last season. He did, obviously, start to kick on when, when Carlo took over. And he did get 13 in the Premier League last season in, in 36 games. He's 14 and 25 this season. He's a good bet to get 18, 19 this season if he keeps getting the service. Already passed his... Uh, Season best tally as well, 19 in 31 as opposed to 15 and 41 last season. I think he's been really, really impressive for them. Most disappointing, ah, Jordan Pickford's been poor. Really, really poor. He's the England number one. And I don't think he's a good goalkeeper, but I mean, he has been really disappointing for them. Um, on to Arsenal then. Uh, we'll start out with most disappointing. I think Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, just from what was expected of him. I mean, this is one of the best strikers in the world, and he has had a poor season. 22 goals last season, 22 the year before, 23 in the league the year before, 31 the year before, 25 the year before, uh, you know, across Dortmund and Arsenal. This season, nine. Uh, all, all competitions, 25, 39, 40, 20, uh, sorry, 31, 31 again, 29, this season 14. 
massive, massive drop-off from Aubameyang. Got his big new contract and never turned up. So for me, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, without question, the most disappointing player for Arsenal. Most improved. I think I would actually go, this might surprise some people, because I don't think he's particularly good, but I do think that this season he has been good. I think he's been their best central defender, Rob Holding. I think he's taken a step forward this season, become more consistent, more focused, still only 25 years of age. I don't think he's a top four centre-back. As in, I don't think if you're a top four team, he can be your starting centre-back. I don't think he can really play how Arteta wants them to play. But this season, I think he's been he's been quietly very good with a rotating cast of partners, to be polite. Uh, he's, he's had to play with David Luiz, who's not a good defender, never has been. Um, Gabriel has looked really good in spells and then shaky in spells. And Pablo Mari's obviously been injured for quite a bit of the season and in and out. But Holding was the one consistent there for most of the season. He has sort of dropped out in the last little while. But um, Rob Holding as most improved and best, Bakio Saka. Uh, you could have made an argument that Bakio Saka is also the most improved without having any argument from me. But I think he's been brilliant for them this season. And uh, it's probably not a good thing for Arsenal that their best player is a 19-year-old who still doesn't have a defined position. But Baki Osaka has been excellent for our... Uh, we move on then to Aston Villa. Um, the best player has been Jack Grealish. There's not really a whole lot more to say. I, he hasn't been as good as some people have made him out to be, but he has been their best player. Uh, he's certainly not the footballer of the year, but if he's Aston Villa's player of the year, that's not going to be any kind of stretch. Um, he has been exceptionally creative this season and um, he is, he has finally contributed to winning uh, at the top level. Now, not to the level that they maybe would have expected, but you know, it's the first time in his career he has contributed to a team uh, winning a lot of games in the Premier League. Um, most improved is Ezri Konza without a doubt. I think he's been one of the two best center backs in, in the Premier League this season Certainly the best English centre-back, and the fact that he's not in the England squad says, tells you all you need to know about Garrett Southgate. Uh, in terms of most disappointing, Tyron Mings. I mean, they paid big, big money to bring him in. He'd obviously been there on loan from Bournemouth, who'd themselves paid quite big money to get him from Ipswich. He'd flopped at Bournemouth, went to Villa, did well on loan, in I think it was like a half season that they had him there. Um, he'd been rotting on the on the Bournemouth bench. Um, they signed him. I think they paid like twenty twenty five million, including add ons. And I just think he's been really really poor. Uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be a fan at all. He makes so many mistakes. His positional sense is fairly shocking, and yet. He's in the England squad because he's left-footed. Uh, he looks the part, but he doesn't play the part at all. Uh, for Villa, one of their big needs this summer is an upgrade on, on Tyron Mings, someone to partner Konza who's of that level. Um, Leeds United, player of the year, 
I think it's Rafinha. Now, I would accept the argument that it's um, Patrick Bamford, but I think Rafinha has been their difference maker this season. I think he's just he's a different class of footballer. Uh, like even look at his goal against Fulham, that little you know roll of the ball to one side, a little toe poke in no space, defender either side of him, pulling and dragging out of him. He's just he's a special footballer. Uh, I don't know that Leeds will have him long term, but I think he's going to be a, a top player uh, over the next couple of years. I think he's going to become one of the better players in the Premier League, and uh, for me, he's their player of the year. Most improved, I am going to give it to Patrick Bamford because expectation versus reality. The expectation with Bamford was he'll score you, you know, six to ten goals. He'll do some things that are good. He'll lead the line well. He has been fantastic all season. Now, his career best season was 19 goals in 44 games in the chap- the championship for Middlesbrough. His other best seasons, 17 and 30 for MK Dons in League One, 14, sorry, 13 and 44 for Borough in the championship on his second spell there, and 16 and 47 for Leeds last season. This season, he's got 14 and 29 in the Premier League, far outstripping anything he'd done in the Premier League before. Uh, when he was at Chelsea, they never played him in the Premier League. He went to Crystal Palace on loan in the Premier League, played six games, never scored. Seven games with Norwich, never scored. Six with Burnley, never scored. Eight with Borough, scored one. This season, he's averaging one and two. Patrick Bamford has, has just improved immeasurably. And um, his all-round game is absolutely tremendous. There's no weakness in his game. I've said this before. If he was 10% better at everything, he'd be really, really good. He's just a good player. He's good at everything. Really well-rounded. I really like him. I, I like watching him play. And, um, yeah, he, he is the most improved for me. Most disappointing, I think, is Liam Cooper. I think he has had a disappointing season. For the club captain, um, I, I just don't think he's played well enough. I think he's failed to organize that defense. He's certainly failing at dealing with set pieces. So I wouldn't be overly keen on him. I think he's been I think he's been found out a little bit this season that maybe the championship is more uh, is more his level. But um he has had some injuries so you know you cut him a little bit of slack but for me he's been a disappointment this season. Uh moving on to Crystal Palace I mean, can you really have a best player when you play under Roy Hodgson? I mean, that, that might be might be stretching things a little bit. Um, I would suggest that their best player this season has been Coyate, who has largely had to play at centre-back because of injuries and has done a pretty good job there. Uh, he's also played in midfield and been consistently good. I, I don't think it's... An obvious one, I think there's been a number of players who've had good runs in the team. You, you could very well convince me that Vin, uh, Vincente Goeta has been their best player this season. I don't think I disagree. Because of all the turmoil they've had, all the injuries they've had, everything has been chopped and changed. I mean, their best centre-back is Mamadou Sacco. He started three games in the Premier League this season. 
because he's always injured. Um, like Van Aanholt has missed 12 Premier League games. Um, Joel Ward has missed 13 Premier League games. You know, defensively, they've just been torn apart by injuries. Koyate's been the one sort of consistent one who's always been in the team. Um, so I'd go for him as the best player this season. Most improved, I really like Tariq Mitchell. As a young left back, I think he has lots of potential. And he's really impressed me. So I'm going to go for him as most improved. Most disappointing, Michi Batshuayi. Hasn't established himself in the first team. Uh, he's been a squad player most of the year for them. It, 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 it shouldn't be the case. I mean, you know, like Ben Teke, in fairness. Come on, Mitchy, get your get your stuff together. You should have been starting for this team from day one. Mitchy Batshuayi, most disappointing player for Crystal Palace. Uh, for Wolves, plenty of contenders, I think, for a couple of them. Uh, for most improved, Pedro Neto. Uh, he has been brilliant. What a player he is. Um, plays right wing, plays left wing. He's played as a wing back. He's played in the midfield three at times. I think he's destined for a top club. I think he's going to be a very, very special player. Um, best player, I think it's probably him as well. I think it probably is him as well. You could make an argument for Dendonkaru, I think has been really good, but I think I'd go Neto as most improved and best. Uh, most disappointing... It's, it's it would be harsh to say Fabio Silva, but he has been he has been a disappointment. Um, Adama, it's Adama. Sorry, I, my 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 mind blanked. It is Adama Traore, and it is not close. Adama Traore has been a massive disappointment this season. He hasn't produced anywhere close to the level that we expect him to. He did have COVID in the preseason, and then he was rushed back, and then he had the contract dispute. So there's a you know there's factors that play into it. You do cut him a little bit of slack, but he has been massively disappointed. So I'm going to go Neto as best and most improved, Adama as most disappointing. Um, Southampton. Most improved. I think you have to go with. Vestergaard. Now, that's not to say I think he's been particularly good. He has been good, he, but he hasn't been anywhere near as good as people have made him out to be. Uh, people have made him out like he's one of the best centre-backs in the league. He absolutely is not. He's he's not even the best centre-back. It's at Hampton. Bednarak has that on lock. But he has improved. Um, from what he had been in previous seasons, there's no question Vestergaard has improved. They will sell him hopefully this summer and probably steal money off somebody. Uh, they will convince some stupid club to spend quite a bit of money on a player who was bang average the last two seasons but has improved this season and, and does a lot of flashy things. Scores some goals, plays long passes, you know, big and dominant in the air. Vestergaard will, will fool some people into thinking he's a top-end player. He's not, but someone will pay top-end, top-end-ish money for him. Um, 
Best player, I think it has to be the captain, James Ward-Prowse. I think he's been consistently good across the season. When things were humming and they were going really well, he was really good. Even when they had their drop-off, I do think he impressed. I think he's one of the few that continue to turn in good performances on a weekly basis. Most disappointing. Now, I think this guy has done okay this season. But I was really expecting a big jump. So this is most disappointing from my point of view. I think Musa Genital. I really did think we were going to see a big jump from him this season. I thought thought we'd see him establish himself as a first-choice starter, game in, game out, and go on a tear. Um, But it hasn't happened. I mean, they paid... 14 million to bring him in from standard Liège. This is his second season. He's still only really a rotation option in the kind of the middle two in that 4 2 2 2 system that Ralph uses. He's a good player and he's had some really good games this season, but he just doesn't do it consistently enough for me yet. He is only 22. He still has loads of time on his side, but you know, he's. he's He should be further along than he is. He really should be further along than he is. I like when they play him and Minamino as those attacking too. If he's in the right, Minamino's in the left, behind Adams and Ings. I think that works really well. Because he will play wide right and float in field. And James Ward-Prowse from centre midfield starts centre, but shifts right, shifts out out to the wide role to use his crossing ability. And Jennifer can cut narrow and run in the ha- in the channels in the half space. That is when he looks at his best. He doesn't look as comfortable playing off the left, in my view. And he's always coming in field because he's got no left foot. So I would use him more on the right-hand side. I think he looks better there. And I think he looks better with Minamino because Minamino's clever movement and passing is a good compliment to him. Burnley. Um... That's tough. I would say most disappointing. I think you'd have to look at the strikers. And I think you'd have to, in particular, look at Ashley Barnes. I think he's been a disappointment this season. Um, Never a big-time goal scorer. But, you know, three Premier League goals is just... It's not getting it done. It's just not getting it done. He's played 18 games, three Premier League goals. And last season, he wasn't great either. He does have a lot of injury problems. And it might be time for Burnley to start looking at moving him on. Uh, He's 31 now. I think his best days are are done and dusted. I think they could do with getting someone in who's more complimentary to Chris Wood. Um, Wood has been disappointing this season as well. Um, Most improved, Josh, Josh Brownhill. Josh Brownhill's been very, very good this season. Obviously joined uh, January 2020 from uh, from Bristol City. Took him a little bit of time to settle in. Obviously the pandemic didn't help. This season, I, I think he's been impressive for them this season. Plays anywhere across the midfield. Uh, an aggressive player, but quality on the ball. Needs to add some goals to his game. That's the one criticism I'd have. 24 league games, no goals, but does show signs of having a decent shot on him. 
um, gets into some good positions, is a clever player. Like all those Burnley midfielders, Westwood and Cork, they're clever players. Uh, but I think he's got a little bit more about him. Obviously, look, he was well-schooled. He was at, he was at Manchester United uh, for a number of years. Then he was at Preston and, and you know, kind of got his breakthrough there onto Bristol. And now, uh, now Burnley, I think he's a good, rounded player. Um, he's certainly got the work ethic as well to uh, to play in a Dyche team. So he's one I'd like. To, I I think we'll see more of again next season. I think he, he's due another another step forward next season. But um, certainly the most improved Burnley player this season for me. And then in terms of best, I think Ben Me. Now, he hasn't played every game. He missed the start of the season, you'd remember, when they had that really bad run. But once he came back in, he sort of just stabilized everything. I don't think he's a great defender. I don't think he's better than Tarkovsky. But he does have a lot of influence over that team. I think he's been their best player this season. I think the difference with and without him, night and day, chalk and cheese. Um, a good, solid defender who forms a good, solid partnership with Tarkovsky and is the leader of the team. Um, Brighton and Hove Albion, um, where to start? Most improved, I'd go Adam Webster, who I think has taken a big step forward this season. Playing on the left of a back three while being a right-footed player is difficult. I think he's taken to it well. I think he has improved his passing massively. Um, looks much more comfortable on the ball than he has in previous seasons. And uh, his defensive skills are, are are very, very good. He is the defender they paid for. They paid big money to get him. I think they paid $18 million when they brought him in from Bristol. Uh, $20 million rising to 22. So they paid big money. I think they're getting their money's worth. Uh, I think he's been much improved this season. Last season, he looked shaky, um, especially on the ball. This season, he, he just looks a more rounded player. Um most disappointing. I mean, I didn't expect anything of him, but Adam Lalana. I mean, you're paying him big money, and he's got one goal. I think he's got one assist. What else is he offering? You know, he's injured frequently enough. He's missed five games since through injury. Only started thirteen games for the money he's on. To me, that's a disappointment. Um, you could certainly look at some of the attackers, no question. Um, but, yeah, for me, Adam Lalanne has been just dreadfully disappointing compared to what they're paying him. There's there's other options. There is, like, Yohan Bikesh, but then he's been poor for the last couple of years. Um, so I don't think it'd be fair to really look at him. Uh, in terms of best... He's Basima. I mean, Trossard is worth a mention. He's been good. Lewis Dunk has been good. Lewis Dunk has been Lewis Dunk, of course. But I think Yves Basima has been their best player this season. I, I think he is one of the best defensive midfielders in the league. I really hope they can keep him. I really want to see what a midfielder of him, Jakob Moder, and then Alexis McAllister in front looks like. I, I think that is what we need to see from Brighton next year is those three in midfield together behind either Trissard and Mope, not both of them, one of them, plus a number nine, plus a goal scorer, an out and out goal scorer, a Patson Daka type. Uh, I think that's what we need to see there. 
Um, if they could keep, if they can keep this group together, add a left wing back. Now that may well be Michael Karbonik, the young um, young Polish defender that they signed last season. It may well be him. But if not, go and get another wing back. Go and see if Ryan Sessegnon's available on loan again next season. And then go and spend your money up front. Go and get yourself someone that's going to get you 15 to 20 Premier League goals. Pat Sandaka, Maxi Gomez, Vutweghorst, um, what's the big the big tall guy at Stuttgart? Uh six seven, looks a little bit Peter Crouchy in, in the way he plays. Um Austrian kid. That is going to bug me now. Uh what is his name? What is his name? Sasa Kalidzic. I assume he's got Serbian parents. Yeah, Serbian descent. Um, get someone like him. He's got 13 goals in the Bundesliga this season. He's the type of striker. Just get someone that's going to be a goal scorer for you. Spend your money there, and you're going to be a good team. They're a top-half team if they add a goal scorer and a better left wing back and keep what they have. I think they'll end up keeping Lamptey. He's only played 11 games this season. The injuries have had a mass effect. Ben White is a risk to go. Basima is a risk to go. Other than that, I don't think they have anyone else that will uh, draw real attention this summer. But if they can keep Basima and they can keep um, keep Ben White and add a couple of pieces, I think they'll be. I think they'll be very good again next this uh, next season. They've been a disappointment this season, I should say. Um, Newcastle United. Newcastle United. Uh, this is most disappointing. Everybody. Um, most disappointing. I would have to go. I've been disappointed in John Joe Shelby this year. I thought we'd see more. Now he hasn't played enough. He's they've been they've been ransacked by injuries as well this season. Um, like there's there's just I think Carl Darlow's the only player. Carl Darlow and Almiron are the only players who've played 24 or more games in all competitions. They've just had so many injuries. That could be a little bit off, but I I think Shelby's been disappointing this season. If I'm honest, I think Shelby's been disappointing this season. I expected more from him, and he's the type that should be good in a scrap. Um... I'll go Shelby most disappointing because he had a really good season last year. Um, and this is this is sort of Shelby. Like, he was good last year. He was really poor the year before. The season before that, he was excellent. Should have been in the England squad for the World Cup. So I'll go John Joe Shelby most disappointing. Uh, most improved, Carol Darlow, I think is fair to say. Um, probably has a case that he should have been in this England squad. He's he's definitely been better than Sam Johnston, who was called up. Now, Darlow is very much um, the backup goalkeeper at, at Newcastle, and rightly so, because Dubravka is a better keeper. Um, but, yeah, Darlow, I think, has been most improved. At best, Callum Wilson. I mean, he's the only one who's consistently put the ball in the back of the net for them, and he, when he's injured, they, they don't really have anyone who's going to score goals for them. 
uh, into the bottom three. Um, we'll start with Fulham then. Best is Zambo, and it's not close. Zambo and Gisa has been their best player this season. He has been brilliant. And they've had others who've been good. And Joachim Anderson has been good. I think Ola Aina has been good. Uh, Ariola, the goalkeeper, has been good. But Zambo has been, and, and Adam Ola Luckman's been really good. Zambo's been excellent. Um, it's only really bad management that's seen him sort of tail off a little bit in recent weeks. But Zambo's been consistently good all season. Most improved, Mario Lamina. Um, Lamina had a dreadful time at Southampton and wasn't particularly good on loan last season at Galatasaray. But this year, he has been really good for Fulham. And if Parker had stuck with him and Zambo as the starting pair all season and not insisted on throwing Harrison Reed in there or played them as a 3-0, I think Lamina would have been even better. But she's been chopped and changed a little bit too much. Uh, but he's been the most improved. Um, most disappointing, Mitrovic, by a country mile. Uh, three goals this season, only two in the Premier League. Uh, all the... Um, Adam Ola-Luckman has four in the Premier League. Maja only arrived in January, has two. Uh, De Cordova-Reed has five, and Cavaliero has three. So they have struggled for goals. The one they were expecting the goals from was Mitrovic, and uh, he just hasn't. He hasn't shown up. He really hasn't shown up this season. So, yeah, I would say Mitrovic by a country mile as the most disappointing um Fulham player this year West Brom hard to pick anyone as best in this catastrophe of a season I still think it's Mateus Pereira I still think he's been their best player Um, I do like what Conor Gallagher has done I think he's been good but I'll go Pereira as best I'll go Gallagher as most improved I think he's really kicked on in this loan spell, uh, having joined from Chelsea. Um, Most disappointing, you could give it to the entire defence, being honest. Uh, But I think we'll go Jake Livermore, who, as the captain, just for me, didn't step up enough this season. And finally, Sheffield United. Uh, This won't be pretty either. Um, Most disappointing, Rian Brewster. Uh, 25 million. He's played 20 Premier League games. He hasn't scored. Um, he's been really disappointed for them this season. Um, most improved. I I've liked. I think John Fleck has looked good. I think he's looked better this season than he did last season. Um, there's nobody really that's it's it's very hard to say that anyone's improved in this in this team. Uh, Billy Sharp has looked better this season than he did last season. We go Billy Sharp. He's he's 73 years of age and he's still getting better. You keep doing you, Billy Sharp. Best player, David McGoldrick. It, it, he's the only option. He really is the only option. I mean, you could make an argument that Ampadu has been the most improved because he's been he's been quietly decent this season. Um, but he was expected to be. He's a he's a huge talent. Um, it's just that, you know, he didn't play 
a whole bunch last season. He's never played a whole bunch, really. He's played 26 games this season uh, for uh, Sheffield United. In the entirety of, of his career, he's only played 63. So he's played nearly half of his career games this season. So you know what? I'll go. I'll go. Ampadu most improved just because he's played regularly. But McGoldrick is the is their best player this season. Um, that's not particularly close. He's been plowing a, a lonely furrow up front uh, this season for them, while the likes of Brewster have have disappointed. Um, we'll wrap up quickly with the gossip and get you out of here for today. Real Madrid are considering a move for Tottenham and England striker Harry Kane. Yeah, they can consider it all they want. It's very unlikely that they will find the money down the back of the sofa for Harry Kane. Arsenal are weighing up a move for Real Betis and Argentina defensive midfielder Guido Rodriguez. He's a solid player. I don't think he's a, a top-end player. I, I wouldn't be going for him if I was Arsenal. He may fit well next to Tomas. And, I mean, anything's a better upgrade on, on Xhaka, but I think Arsenal can do better. Manchester United are looking at Sevilla's Jules Koundé and Villarreal's Pau Torres after deciding the two La Liga defenders should be at the top of their wish list this summer. And that's from 90minute.com, which means it's probably made up. Jules Koundé is an absolute star in the making. He is this generation's Lillian Turam. He's also going to be a world record fee for a defender. I don't see United doing that again. Pau Torres is good. He's weak in the air. He also plays left side. Maguire plays left side. So they could move Maguire to right side. He hasn't really played there uh, consistently in his career. He did play a little run there at Hull. So maybe having Torres one side and Wan-Bissaka the other, they can babysit him pace-wise. Um, but you're basically committing to Wan-Bissaka never crossing the halfway line again. Maybe that's for the best. Um, United could also make a move for Tottenham goalkeeper Hugo Lloris. To, depl- to replace David De Gea? No, they won't do that. That's nonsense. Uh, somebody has made that up. That is never going to happen. Uh, Spurs are interested in Lille's 25-year-old France goalkeeper, Mike Magnon. I would absolutely believe that. He is very, very good. Uh, I, wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a question mark about that. I think he would be a, a solid Lloris replacement and an upgrade on what Lloris has been the last two years. Liverpool, Juventus and Roma are monitoring Nacho's situation with Real Madrid with the Spain defender, age 31, about to enter the last 12 months of his contract. So, he's got, Nacho was out of contract a couple of years ago and re-signed and has barely played. He's a very solid defender. If you want a fourth centre-back, he's the ideal one. Um, but I think he'll want to go somewhere where he'll start. He won't start at any of those three clubs. If he's going to sit on the bench somewhere, he might as well stay at Real because he's got that you know, that connection. Uh, if he leaves, he'll probably end up at a, a lower-end club, someone more mid-table. Uh, Premier League options would be... I mean, he wouldn't get in the Southampton team, I don't think. I mean, but he might, to start with, he, until Salisu is ready. Uh, he'd be a good signing for West Ham. He'd be a good signing for West Ham. He's a better version of Craig Dawson. He'd be a good signing for West Ham. Uh, Everton boss Carlo Ancelotti wants to sign Napoli and Senegal defender Kaladu Koulibaly, who he managed while at the Italian club. Uh, Koulibaly is 29. He is still going to cost massive money. He is going to want mega wages. He has started to decline, and he will continue to decline because he hits 30 in the summer. Um, He's still a very good defender. He's no longer 
one of the six or seven best in the world. He would be an improvement on Michael Keane, uh, on Yerry Mina, but he would be a short-term improvement. And that's a little bit concerning for Everton, given the age of Alan and James. I, I think you'd want to be looking someone younger, given the outlay. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo would be willing to leave Juventus if Real Madrid made an offer to bring him back. Um, no, I... I I don't see that they would make him an offer. Um, he did push his way out of the club. Now, look, they might. He won them four Champions Leagues. He could probably do what he wants. But if I was Real, I wouldn't. You know, that's leave that to PSG or somebody else who's desperate for some attention. Uh, Switzerland's Dennis Zakaria is attracting interest from Manchester City, who are monitoring the Borussia Mönchengladbach's midfielder with a move to replacing Fernandinho this summer. Uh, Zakaria is a slightly different type of player to Fernandinho but could be a decent fit there at City. Very good player, plenty of potential. At 24, though, you'd like him to be a little bit further on in his development. He hasn't had a good season. He has been injured, but he has not had a good season. Uh, I I don't understand why they wouldn't just bring back Douglas Louise, who they have a buyback option on from Villa for about £30 million. Uh, I would have him over as a carrier, as a, as a sitting holding midfielder. I think he's a better option. They obviously have Rodri there already. They're looking for someone a bit more dynamic. I think you can do better. I genuinely think. I think Bubakari Samari will be a better option there if they want to go that route. Um, Bayern Munich are in talks with Real Madrid's former Spain right back, Lucas Vasquez, who's not a right back. He's a right winger um, who's out of contract at the end of June. Just because someone plays right back for a while in their career doesn't make them a right back. He is a winger. Uh, he's also not very good and I don't imagine Real or that Bayern would want him uh, former Real Madrid defender Fernando Hierro says he hopes Spain centre-back Sergio Ramos renews his contract and retires at the club this is lip service this is when a former player is asked about a current player and they're not going to say anything out of line uh, if if Ramos was gone I don't think Hierro would have much, much worry about it uh, Real should be waving goodbye to him as well AC Milan are keen to make 24-year-old England defender Fakayo Tamure's loan from Chelsea permanent. They have an option to buy. If they're keen, pay off the option. It's done. You don't have to worry about it. Burnley and Newcastle are interested in West Bromwich Albion's English centre-back Kyle Barkley, who's one year left of his contract. He's awful. He's not a Premier League calibre defender at all. He has been horrendous this season. You would need to be nuts to touch him. Absolutely nuts. Now, I'd imagine that's probably come, if it's from the Telegraph, is it John Percy? Is that his name? Covers the Midlands. He is He is very, very good. But I reckon that's the agent uh, talking rubbish. He will be 30 before the season ends. He's, he's not very good. He really is not very good. Championship level player. And no disrespect to him but he's a championship-level player. His best seasons came on loan at Leeds and then the last two at West Brom in the championship. Like, he's just not a Premier League caliber player. He's been badly exposed this season. Burnley and Newcastle need to look elsewhere. That's it then. That is the show. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, thank you to Guy Drinkle uh, for his work behind the scenes and thank you to Fox Hunt for the title music. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
Sports Social Podcast Network.